Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Even though it's raining outside, it feels nice in here and it's dry. We will be having our final Bible study tonight. Uh, Where do we go from here? Led by Dr. David Jeremiah. It's been a 10 week uh, study. It has been so good, so enlightening. And even in the midst of some of the hard things he has to discuss, he always leaves you encouraged. And I like that. And so tonight is the last one, 6.30. If you haven't caught one yet, or if you've caught one and you've missed a couple, tonight's the last one. And so we invite you to come. It will be good. Pastor, thank you so much for allowing me to speak this morning and have the opportunity to bring the word. And so I say thank you. Um, I'd like to give you a quote to start off this morning. John Piper said, The Spirit has landed to do battle with the flesh. So take heart if your mind, will, and emotions feels like a battlefield at times. (laughs) I thought, wow. Very good, and it's very appropriate. Uh, Today's title is, These Two, Which Are You? And the text I'd like to read this morning is Luke chapter 18. And I'd like to read verses 10 through 14. Here, Jesus speaking says, One time there was a Pharisee and a tax collector. One day they both went to the temple to pray. The Pharisee stood alone away from the tax collector. When the Pharisee prayed, he said, Oh God, I thank you that I'm not as bad as other people. I'm not like men who steal, cheat, or commit adultery. I thank you that I am better than this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get. And the tax collector, in verse 13, stood alone. He stood alone too. And when he prayed, he would not even look up to heaven. But he felt very humble before God and said, Oh God, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. I tell you, when this man finished his prayer and went home, he was right with God. The King James word there is justified. But the Pharisee, who felt that he was better than others, was not right with God. People who make themselves important will be made humble. But those who make themselves humble will be made important. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, informed them later on, that he would like to share with them some deep, mature, spiritual truths. But he said, I'm kind of hesitant because you guys are kind of young yet. You're immature, and I don't know if you can handle it. He said, it's kind of like giving a baby a steak dinner. They can't handle it yet. And so he said, I want to give you that, but I'm going to need to give you some milk. I felt like God was telling me the same thing this week as I was preparing myself. God said, John, I'd love to give you some great truth. I'd love to give you something super deep that you could just sink your teeth into, but he said, I don't know if you can handle it. So he said, I'm going to give you some milk today, just some basics. Uh, Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 3, 2. The teaching I gave you was not like milk, not like solid food. I did this because you were not ready for solid food, and even now you are not ready. So as I was preparing, um, there were a few times more than a few, that I felt a a little um, convicted. I got my toes stepped on. I said, wow, God, I need some adjustment. I need some correction because uh, 
my correction will bring me better direction. And if you fall on those lines this morning, well, that's fine. I'm going to take a seat right down beside Pastor Ron, and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit just speak this morning. Because so many of these things that I was writing as he was giving to me, it was for me. If it's for you, hallelujah. That'd be great. But there are times that God's word uh, brings us into a a renewal. I kind of liken it to a few weeks ago, Jeff and I played tennis. And it was like 90 degrees when we started playing. Um, we played for over an hour, and Jeff, I, I made the statement to my family, I don't know if I'd ever been so wet before, in my, just top to bottom. He, Jeff and I were drenched, and he's in better shape than me, and he doesn't sweat near as much, but he was drenched, and we walked away just so tired, but we said how good that felt to just get out there and just do it and just sweat out those impurities. And it wasn't necessarily easy. In fact, Jeff, I worked really hard. <laughs> there, it was a lot of work involved. But there are times like that with a Christian walk. There are times that things aren't necessarily easy, but it's like sweating out those impurities and getting things cleansed and renewed. And so uh, that's kind of the vision that God had for me this morning. So here we are. We have these two men the Bible says they go into the temple to pray. We have the Pharisee, and the Pharisee is the, the religious leader of his day. He was the one that was, was in church, in the law, in uh, service. He, he was doing right things. But when he came into the temple, he looked over and he saw someone who was held in disdain. It was a publican, a tax collector. Uh, we might know from a little bit in Bible history, tax collectors were known to be thieves. They, they were cheats. Um, they, they held a, an injustice in their heart. And sometimes if, if they would go to collect taxes, and you know, they would knock at Monica's door and say, Monica, you owe $10 in taxes. Um, I, I meant 15 and if she had anything to say about it, well, there was usually a guard or some form of security that could take care of that situation. And so the tax collector was known to put the five in his pocket and hand in the ten to the government. The tax collectors were Jewish people. They were people that were hired by the Roman uh, government to collect taxes. So they were very much looked down on. They weren't trusted. They, 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 they weren't appreciated, rightfully so. And so the Pharisee, in the temple where he has been probably many, many times, looks over and he sees this lowly publican. And he begins to pray. The Pharisee begins to pray. God, I thank you that I'm not as bad as other people. <laughs> I'm not like men who cheat, steal, commit adultery. God, I thank you today. I mean, you've created the earth, the heavens, everything beautiful around. You've given us life. But today, I want to thank you especially that I'm not like him. This tax collector. God, let me remind you of something real quick. I fasted twice this week. I gave a tenth of everything that I had. 
I just got to put a quick pen in this. Good things are good things. Good works are good works. Don't stop doing good works because bad people might do them. Fasting is a great thing. Pastor was one of the first ones that I really heard break down fasting, and it changed me. Just a great teaching. Uh, Jesus didn't say, uh, hopefully you'll fast. He said, when you fast. He said, when you give. And so that follows up. He said, I give a tithe, a tenth of everything that I get. That's a great thing to do. Both are huge steps of faith. If you get your heart right with God, those things aren't near as difficult. Here was the problem with this. The Pharisee's heart wasn't right with God. He wasn't doing it out of the abundance of his heart. He was doing it out of necessity. He wasn't doing it because he had God's love. He was doing to earn God's love. Huge difference. So the tax collector, it's his turn, over to the side. The Bible says he wouldn't even look up to heaven. I believe it's in the King James Version. It says he hit himself on the chest to show how sad and remorseful that he was for the, the things that he had done. He said, oh God, have mercy on me for I am a sinner. Now there wasn't really any great lengthy prayer. We don't have chapters and chapters and chapters of the great things that this publican said. He didn't wax eloquent when he came before the creator of the universe. He just simply said, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. And Jesus said this. The publican left and went home right with God more than the Pharisee. And it wasn't because of the things that the publican did that made him right with God. He was going to be the first to tell you. He did some things he shouldn't have done. He cheated people like he shouldn't have cheated. He was dishonest. But he recognized that he's in need of a Savior. Jesus said, those who are well do not need a physician. But when you are sick and physically, uh, spiritually lacking you need a savior and that's exactly what the publican did whereas the pharisee said i think i can make it to heaven on my own i my credentials they're a mile long i can i can make jesus happy and and, and make god smile just by all the wonderful things that i do because i do them and i'm looking at this this morning and I said, God, what does the Bible say about pride and humility? 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Matthew, where are you? Matthew, I need you for a sec. Verse six says, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Here's the picture that I get of this verse. And it, it might be just me. But it says here that 
we should be clothed in humility because God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. It didn't say he gives grace to the proud. Now his grace, he can put it where he wants it, but he's letting us know here that pride isn't of him, okay? And so the word that's used here is resist. God resists the proud. And I think of times where Matthew and I have, you know, we've been talking, we've shared an experience and, um, I appreciate all that Matthew has to offer, and we kind of sharpen each other. And at the end of our conversation, you know, he may be like, Brother John, I just want to hug you. Is that okay? And he comes in for a hug. And, and if he was to do something like that, how silly would it be of me? How, how weird would it be? Matthew, go ahead. Bring it in. It's kind of this picture that I get when I come to God with my pride. Now, I could come with him, I can come to him with my humility. But it's a totally different picture if I come to him with my pride and I let him know why he should do all this for me. We, we sang about it tonight God, you don't owe me anything. When I come to God and tell him all that he owes me because of all I've done and how he can't live without me, look, he loves me. But the pride in we, it within me, it's not helpful. Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate that. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, Whatever you do, don't let selfishness or pride be your guide. Be humble. Honor others more than yourselves. Don't be interested only in your own life, but care about the lives of others too. Ow, that hurt my toes. <laughs> I love that. Because sometimes I get so wrapped up in me. And the Bible says, don't be interested just about yourself, but care about the lives of others too. And then 1 John 2.16 says, this is all there is in the world, wanting to please our sinful selves, wanting the sinful things we see, and being too proud of what we have. But none of these come from the Father. They come from the world. So what are some of the characteristics? Let's go a little step further. Okay, we've talked about pride. We've talked about holier than now, and it's all about me and selfishness. We talked a little bit about that. I want to just go just a little bit deeper this morning for my own sake and say, God, what are some of the things that I do as the life of a Pharisee, in the heart of a Pharisee, that are not of you? What are some things you're trying to clean up in my life? So the heart of a Pharisee, or better known as the old man, if you want to read a lot of Paul's writings, he talks about the old man. Number one, here we go. <clears throat> the heart of a Pharisee does not listen. You ever talk to somebody and they, you're like, I just told you that, but they're, they're very busy and they, they're not listening. Every female right now is smiling a little bit more. They're like, yes, it's, I don't know, it's a guy thing. We're working on it, but, but more than that, it, it's a heart thing. You know, I think about the blind man whenever he was healed in John chapter 9 and like three times he said, so how is it that Jesus healed your eyes? And he said, he took some mud and he wiped my eyes and, and he told me to go wash and I'm cleansed and I'm healed. Well, how is it that he healed you? I just told you. Oh, well, tell us how he healed you. Because the heart of a Pharisee does not listen. It's only concerned with its own agenda. How many times have I only been concerned with my own agenda that I do not take the time to just listen to someone else? The heart of a Pharisee interrupts. 
Proverbs 18, 13 says, let people finish before you try to answer them. That way you'll not embarrass yourself and look like a fool. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Hey, we've all been there. But I think we all need to continue to work there because the Bible says, look not every man on his own things, but on the things of others. Number three, the heart of a Pharisee talks about itself. Look at verse 11 of Luke 18. The Pharisee stood alone away from the tax collector, and when the Pharisee prayed, he said, Oh God, we're going to count how many times he said I. I, thank you, that I am not as bad as other people. I am not like men who steal, cheat, or commit adultery. I thank you that I am better than this tax tax collector. We've heard it said for years, there's no I in team. There's I in pride. Five times in this verse, the Pharisee wanted to tell God about him. And this seemed really familiar to me as I was studying it. And so I went to Isaiah chapter 14. I'd like to read for you guys a few verses in chapter 14 of Isaiah. And I'd like to begin reading in verse 12. Talking about Lucifer. You were like the morning star, but you have fallen from the sky. In the past, all the nations on earth bowed down before you, but now you have been cut down because you told yourself, I will go to the skies above. I will put my throne above God's stars. I will sit upon Zaphon, the holy mountain where the gods meet. I will go to the altar above the top of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. But then verse 15 says, that did not happen. The old man, the Pharisee heart, it's the heart from our father, Lucifer. It is prideful because he was the father of pride. He had it all in heaven. Some theologians say that he was either second or third in command, one of the archangels behind uh, Michael and Gabriel. He was called like the morning star. But yet, he said, this is too much about God and not enough about me. And he had a revolt in heaven and took a third of the angels with him. And the Pharisee praying sounds a lot like Satan. And the old man in me sometimes needs to get put down. And I need to realize I don't need to spend all my day talking about me. Number four, heart of a Pharisee is manipulative. It manipulates. I look back at the blind man's parents in John chapter 9, and they were called into the temple because they didn't know why this man was healed. And so they said, is this your son? Was he born blind? How is it that he's now healed? And the Pharisees were trying to manipulate his parents because the Bible says they didn't have an answer. And they knew the parents would be scared of being thrown out of the synagogue. And so they said, oh, we don't know. He's of age. Ask him. The manipulative hearts of the old man to get our own way. I'm going to twist and turn you to make you conform to how I would like for you to act. And that's not of God. 
It is ungrateful. Look at the Israelites being delivered from Egypt. It is unapologetic. I look at Absalom and the, abs- and the life that Absalom led, led after he took over Jerusalem. Very unapologetic with some of the things that he was doing. Very shameless. The heart of a Pharisee is insensitive. Did you guys know that the right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing? You got to chew on that one if you want to think about it. The right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. I'll give you just a quick example. I met my wife when I was three. And she was just a few months old. And we stayed in contact and eventually found each other at a point in our life where we said, hey, let's begin forming more of a relationship. But those early years when I would go over and swim at your house when you were like eight and I was 11, that was the wrong time. (laughs) It may have still been the right thing. We ended up together and she was the one meant for me, but the right thing at the wrong time, it's still the wrong thing. And insensitivity is all about bad timing. The heart of a Pharisee is a complaining heart. We go back to the Pharisees. They always complain that Jesus was healing on the Sabbath. Every time he did something good, it seemed like it was on the Sabbath. And what did they do? They complained. And then the last one, it fails to recognize holiness and reverence. Look at Judas and Mary. When Mary anointed the feet of Jesus, that was a holy moment. That was a reverent moment. But what did Judas do? Why was this money, why was this perfume not sold and the money given to the poor? Because the Pharisee heart doesn't recognize holiness. They don't revere like they should. You guys have been great in that. This has been the tougher part. I want to touch quickly into what does the heart of the publican look like? And hopefully that's where we have all been at one time or another in that we've come to the point to say, God, it doesn't matter how good that I am. I cannot match your holiness. I need a savior. Be merciful to me. And the heart of a publican goes even further than just salvation. Look, I just want to share with you a few things. The heart of a publican, one It represents the new man, okay? And it is repentant when it sins. It is sad, sorry, and remorseful. I can prove it. Peter walked with Jesus for three and a half years, but he denied him. But when the rooster crowed, the Bible says Peter went out and wept bitterly. He was sorry for what he did. David, after Nathan the prophet came in and pointed his, fees, his finger, I'll get it, into his face and said, David, you're the man. You've taken Bathsheba. David said, God, create within me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. What did the prodigal say when he came to himself? He went back home and he said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me as one of your servants. But see, the heart of the father says, no, 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 your son, your son. It may have hurt our fellowship, but it didn't hinder our relationship. And the publican said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
The heart of a publican is gentle. 2 Timothy 2.24 says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient. Number three, it is loving. Jesus told his disciples, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, by the love that you have one for another. And don't you love to be around people who are gentle and who are loving? And who are number four, compassionate. Matthew 9, 36 says, but when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Number five, it desires to do the next right thing. The heart of a publican And I say, remember, the heart of a publican, not only just in salvation, but past that. Once you are pursuing God, and that's what the publican did, he pursued God. Once you are pursuing God, your heart changes because he's not finished with you. You don't just immediately become saved and you're perfect. There is a, a sanctification, a transformation, a holiness to holiness journey that's happening. And once your heart is that of the publican and you're pursuing God, you desire to do the next right thing. James 4.17 says, if you fail to do what you know is right, then you are sinning. If you know the right thing to do, if you know God's call on your life, if you know he's wanting you to listen to that person, if he knows he's wanting you to, you're wanting him to, uh, he's wanting you to listen and not interrupt and be there for that person, The heart of the publican says, God, here I am. Here I am. You can have it all. You can have my heart. I'm flawed, but I'm redeemed. The heart of the publican strives to display the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. This morning, these two, which are you? Honestly, we could probably say that we have seen a little bit of both in us recently. I know I have. And I'm thankful that he who has began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. And so I'm going from glory to glory. And I'm trying to be less and less like the old man and more and more like the new man. And Paul said this to the church in Corinth as he was talking about taking the Lord's Supper. He encouraged, let each examine himself. What a great verse for a great portion of Scripture. I don't think it's limited to just that. Because I think there are times, I know there are times in my life that God leans into my heart. He goes, John, you need to examine yourself. You need to have a gut check. Because I love you. 
I have a plan and purpose for you. And I'm like the father of the prodigal. Everything good is right there. And sometimes I get distracted and I think that I know better. Pride fills my heart. And I have to say, God, be merciful to me. Because the lust of the flesh, the, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, those are the three things that are still being used against me today. But I thank you that your blood provided a way to take care of all that. I don't have to walk around in fetters and in chains. I can be free knowing that you desire for me to have the heart that says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And you don't... He doesn't want me to walk in sin so I can turn right around and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. See, he loves me way too much to let me stay in my sin. He's pulling me. He's drawing me. He's wooing me. But know this. When I fall and face plant in the dirt, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Absolutely. A hundred out of a hundred. So this morning, we're going to sing. We... We title this a reflection song. It's just a time for us to reflect on what God's given to us from His Word. And I want you to reflect and to examine. These two, which are you? If there are things that God's dealing with you on, whether more in the Pharisee or more in the publican, you tell Him. You come to Him. You present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And let's just worship him this morning and let's say, God, try my heart, test me, see if there be anything in me, God, that's not of you. And if so, help me to straighten that up by your great love and your great mercy. Take me back to where we started 
gathering with the proclamation that more than anything, we just want you. God, we give you praise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you're bringing us from glory to glory. Hallelujah. We worship you this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Remember, there is a meeting for security right after this. Also, hit the connection corner if you need to for anything camp-related. God bless you guys. And Neil needs help, muscle guys. Thank you. You're dismissed.